Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. It's time for Shredded Reagan on 97 Rock. Time for Shredded Reagan. Time to punch the clock. So pull up your pants, put on a sauce, turn off your radio, get ready to rock. Hey, this is Hal Sparks, and you're listening to The Shred and Reagan Show on 97 Rock. All right. How's the rest of your day going to go? Nowhere to go but up, really. So our opening audio is a farmer in Canada, in Edmonton, and he ends up down the well, and he is deep in water, and he spent more than eight hours. Eight hours. I think at that point you'd be like, well, I'm, I'm not going to survive. I can't believe, by the way, when I was born that they're like, you know, someday you're going to die. We're like, yeah, we know we're going to die. You're going to die by drowning in a well. Like, oh, that's... No, I didn't see that coming. Harvesting finished weeks ago. But in this field beside the small town of Wasetna, Alberta, one bale remains. And lifting it up reveals the beginning of a harrowing story of the farmer who fell into this abandoned well and lived to tell about it. I knew that the well was here and we had filled it in in the spring. It was filled right up to the top. It was late last month and late at night when Andy Schwetz got out of his tractor to see if he could simply drive over the old abandoned well. About 9.30 p.m., very dark, he found out too late. The fill had become unsettled. Oh, no. By the way, the guy's name is Andy Schwetz. Schwetz. Hmm. Like Schwetties? A little bit. Schwetz do hunters. Have, do they have a bakery? Schwetz hunters overalls, yeah. right? Do they make balls? Yeah. A lot of, lot of questions. Took a step and it just kind of collapsed underneath me and I was done. Fell right in, fell feet first, uh, landed on my feet in the water, and that was the situation I was in. Fallen about 19 feet down, most of his body submerged in thick, cold water. It's old, stale, muddy water, so it was, you know, it was up to my shoulders and up to my neck. His cell phone was up top in the tractor, still running. I tried to climb out a few times. I had a uh, survey stake in my hand. Luckily, I had it going down, and there were some holes in the casing that I could put those stakes in, and I was rappelling up a few times. Get up to the top, fell down. Happened two or three times, and... Oh. I kind of lost my strength. And that is when the night got very dark for the husband and father of three. His wife, Shauna Lee, became concerned in the middle of the night when neither he nor his equipment were back at home. She contacted a relative, then a neighbor. At 5 a.m., they went out and saw the tractor still running, shut it off, and heard him yelling for help. Oh, my God. How long? Man, Shauna Lee's real laid back. Like, yeah, we're sweaty. <laughs> He'll, he'll eventually show up. He's been known to drive the tractor into town and have a few here and there. <laughs> yeah, 5 a.m.? They're like, uh, call the authorities. Nah, I'm going to call a friend who knows a neighbor. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Friend's like, yep, I'll get over to that neighbor eventually. Was he the only one with a phone other than his cell phone up there? 
Good God, Shauna Lee. How likely are you to answer the phone at 5 a.m. to go look for a neighbor? I'd be really pissed. I don't know. This farmer seems pretty laid back, but I don't know. I'd at least have a tense look for Shauna Lee. 5 a.m., the farmers are getting up, so now they're up for the day. Um, happened two or three times, and I kind of lost my strength. And that is when the night got very dark for the husband and father of three. His wife, Shauna Lee, became concerned in the middle of the night when neither he nor his equipment were back at home. She contacted a relative, then a neighbor, at 5 a.m. <laughs> Six degrees of separation. I contacted a friend who was in online and then contacted that other friend who knew the neighbor. The neighbor was out of town. Three kids? None of the kids? No, they weren't going to do anything either. They were sleeping. Okay. They went out and saw the tractor still running, shut it off, and heard him yelling for help. In hospital for six days due to issues with his kidneys, muscles, and his feet. Oh, damn. Now a clean bill of health. Oh, man. Wow. Man. Poor guy's down the well. Well, if you recall, Simpsons at one point had somebody down. They had a... They had a big fundraiser for somebody stuck down the well. And we're sending our love down the well. All the way down. We're sending our love down the well. Down that well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nah. I know. If you, if you ever need somebody to get something done quickly, don't turn to Shauna Lee. It's not going to happen quickly. <laughs> It'll get done. It'll get done. But uh, it's not going to happen fast. All right, there you go. A little opening audio time for sports. All right, well, let's start with what happened last night. Uh, Jeff Skinner scored the lone goal for the Buffalo Sabres in a 3-1 loss to the Montreal Canadiens inside the Key Bank Center. The Sabres outshot the Canadiens 37-26, but fell behind when Brendan Gallagher drove to the blue paint and poked a loose puck in from under the glove of goaltender Eric Comrie. 3-31 into the third period, giving them the... The game winner right there, Jake Allen, made 36 saves for the Canadiens, who also received goals from Justin Barron and Tanner Pearson. Eric Comrie made 23 saves for the Sabres. Jeff Skinner's goal came on the power play, which they went one for five for on last night. He talked a little bit about the power play. I, I thought we had a lot of a lot of good good luck on the PP, but we got to capitalize. Obviously, um, that that one shift where got lost a stick, I think got lost a skate play. And, um, we had some good looks, just didn't capitalize. But yeah, obviously the PP is, is not at the level that we're uh, that we want it to be. We're going to keep working at it. I think some of those PPs in the second period, and then at the end there, we had some good looks. We just have to find a way to, to score. Thanks, Jeff. All right, and uh, Jeff, and so Jeff Skinner had the lone goal there. Tage Thompson had a lot of shots on goal. He was asked a little bit of how frustrating is it to have so many shots on goal and still suffer the loss. Yeah, it's frustrating, but I think as soon as you let frustration set in and negativity, then you're never going to get out of it. I think goals come in waves, and um, I think a lot of times it comes, like I said, in waves and you get streaky, and um, you just got to do the right, the right things every shift, and I thought tonight we, we did, and uh, obviously that's why that one hurts so much. Um, but we can't change anything. We got to play like that. It's two games we've strung together in a row now that I thought we took away the will of the other team, and um, you know had them had them kind of defeated mentally. And obviously they get one in the third there, it gives them some life. But um, you know we we keep playing like that. That's that's a winning recipe. You're gonna win a lot of games playing like that. So Com stood on his head, made a lot of great saves, and um, we just got to put it in the back of the net. There were some suggestions that uh, they didn't have enough presence in front of the net like they had the game before that Don Granado was praising them for. So 
We'll see what happens tonight. No rest. It's back-to-back games. So they go off to Ottawa. Tonight they take on the Senators. Puck drops 645. That game will be on MSG. Well, it was the Rangers and the Astros in Game 7 last night. Grounded a second. Two years removed from losing 100. The Rangers have won the pennant. Adolis Garcia, the MVP. And every game in this series was won on the road. So the Game 7 home field advantage went to the Astros, right? Didn't happen. Garcia homered twice, drove in five runs. And the Rangers reached their first World Series in 12 years in an 11-4 blowout over the Houston Astros in Game 7 last night. Uh, they will face, well, we don't know yet. It's either going to be the Diamondbacks or the Phillies. We've known that. But uh, last night, the Diamondbacks were yesterday afternoon. They won 5-1 to over the Phillies to force a Game 7 there. All right, let's get to the Buffalo Bills and uh, football. I guess first off last night, Kirk Cousins connected with Jordan Addison for two first-half scores. And Cameron Bynum intercepted Brock Purdy twice in the fourth quarter. The Vikings held on to beat the 49ers 22-17 on Monday Night Football. McCaffrey scored twice for the 49ers, who have a two-game losing streak. A lot of people comparing them to the Bills right now, as uh, the Bills are another one of these teams projected to be a top team. All of a sudden, losing a couple. A couple games to teams maybe they shouldn't have lost to. Teams with losing records. Well, uh, that's... That is the situation the Bills are in right now, and it's not getting any better with all all the injuries starting to pile up. And now we find out that Dawson Knox is going to undergo surgery on his wrist. So he is going to miss some time, according to Sean McDermott. The timetable for how long the surgery will keep Knox out is yet to be determined. All he said is, I wish I could tell you it's too early right now. I guess at the point of his press conference, they had just determined he was going to have the surgery. So he first injured his wrist in the Week 5 game in London against the Jags. He was a limited participant in practice all week leading up to Week 6 versus the Giants before he did suit up, caught three passes for 21 yards in that game. Then his absence, uh, you know, again, this past week, missed a little time in practice leading up to the game uh, going on against New England. He did suit up. He played. I don't know if he made it worse during that game or what the situation is that now he needs surgery, but that's... Where it's at, he's having the surgery, and his absence will open the door, of course, more for first-round pick Dalton Kincaid to see more work. And that will start Thursday night when the Buccaneers come to town. Kincaid had his best day as a pro despite Buffalo's loss at New England. He led all Bills receivers with 75 yards, eight catches. He was targeted eight times. Bills offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey says the offense will miss what Knox can do from a versatility standpoint especially when it comes to how often the Bills like to run that 12 personnel with multiple tight ends on the field. Dorsey agreed with the assessment, though, that Kincaid looked more comfortable with the offense after missing week six with a concussion and that his awareness for open space in the middle of the field helped Buffalo move the chains on multiple possessions against New England. Now, Ken Dorsey was asked a lot of things yesterday. Uh, he was asked a little bit. This, this was just right off the bat and pretty just up front. Do we have a crisis on offense? Uh, no, I think, uh, you know, when you look at us, um, you know, we, we were able to do a lot of good things, especially there in the second half. Uh, in the first half of that, that uh, last game, I think there was, uh, there was some good sustained drives. We just got to finish those drives. Um, you know, we got, uh, got down the, the red zone and had the penalty on the one touchdown. Um, and then, you know, we had the, uh, obviously they, they, they got us on a, on a pressure there and, um, you know, put us behind the chains. So, uh, you know, I think those were um, those are signs that it's it's something that, uh, you know, as an offense, we can we can go and execute at a high level. I think we showed that. I think we showed a lot of mental toughness and character. 
to come back in that game and and uh, and play the way we did in the second half. So uh, you know we just gotta we gotta build and and uh, um, continue to continue to uh, build off those things and, and make sure that uh, we keep uh, keep growing and keep uh, putting ourselves in, in position to be successful. Well, keep growing. I guess we would have to start growing first because it's kind of gone the other way. I mean that that answer would be good for maybe one game. But now you've had three games where you've scored, what, 10 points in, in uh, the first half total of three, the last three games. So obviously it's more than just a, a little not finishing some drives. There's there's definitely some problems there. As for Josh Allen, Sean McDermott was asked if he felt Josh was playing hesitant at all. No, I don't. Um, you know, I think that that first ball he had yesterday, just to speak on that real quick, was, uh, was a throw um, that he wants back and, and uh, took full ownership of that and um, and that's what I love about him. But then there's also plays that he makes that, that nobody else in the NFL can make, right? So it's finding that balance of, hey, um, taking what the defense gives you, and then, hey, when it's time to be special and be Josh Allen, um, when the situation dictates, you got to be Josh Allen. I think he I think he showed signs of that yesterday as well. And and so, um, but we got to find a little bit more of the, of the consist, consistent CPs um, of just, hey, making sure we're putting the ball where it needs to be when it needs to be there based on the defense and the look that we're given and, and uh, whether it be situationally or, or on that first play is just, you know, um, making sure we take what the defense gives us right there. So um, I'm full, I'm fully confident in Josh. I think he's confident. Um, I thought he's played, I think he's played some really good ball at times this year. And um, I thought he made some you know very special plays uh, yesterday as well. Yeah, sometimes when the offense has struggled, the defense has been there to help him out, but the defense is even more banged up. Uh, and then you look at uh, the situation with Von Miller. In his first two games back from the ACL injury, he saw 20 snaps in Week 5, followed by 27 in Week 6. Now, this last week against New England, he played only six snaps. That's quite a decrease. McDermott said Miller's decreased snap count was due to a situational demand of the game and that the plan is still to help him continue to get more snaps and grow. But he said, we, we got to manage it a little bit better as well. So we'll look forward to uh, getting him more reps moving forward from here. Bill's defensive line coach and assistant head coach Eric Washington said it was an in-game call for Miller to only play six snaps, and it is not a new injury. Some people were trying to make a point of it because if you take a look at the injury report that came out yesterday for Thursday's game because they did have to release one, even though there was just a walkthrough practice, it has Von Miller listed with a veteran rest slash knee. So some people were wondering if he re-aggravated the knee. Uh, the Bills are saying he did not. So that's the situation there. Also on that injury report, Josh Allen, Terrell Bernard, Spencer Brown, Kyir Elam were all full participants in practice with their injuries. Uh, obviously, Dawson Knox is not practicing. Limited was Von Miller. Quinn Morris did not practice, nor did Balin Spector. He's got a hamstring that he suffered in the New England game. Uh, Ed Oliver and Jordan Phillips were both limited in practice yesterday, so uh, I guess that's a positive sign for Ed Oliver uh, moving forward. All right, let's see what else we got for you. Well, uh, we're going to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday night. Three offensive starters would have missed practice had the Bucks held one yesterday. So again, with the game on Thursday, they had to release an injury report with an estimated practice participation. Quarterback Baker Mayfield, wide receiver Chris Godwin, and left guard Matt Filer were all listed as out of practice. Mayfield and Filer are listed with knee injuries after playing every snap in the loss to the Falcons. Godwin, he played uh, 70% before he started dealing with a neck injury. So that's the situation for the Bucks as they come in. They're a bit banged up as well. 
Uh, Jalen Hurts is a little banged up for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, he did play the entire game. He came out in the second half with a uh, knee brace on. And uh, they're saying that, uh, you know, they're going to monitor the situation. He was definitely sore. And uh, there's something bothering him, but it did not stop him from playing. And uh, they'll continue to monitor that as they go into the uh, next game. Meanwhile, the Titans made a trade to the Eagles. The Eagles were looking for a defensive back. Now they got one. They've acquired two-time All-Pro safety Kevin Byard for safety Terrell Edmonds and a 2024 fifth-round pick and sixth-round pick as well. So that's a deal that went down. We don't see a lot of trades in the NFL, but uh, one did happen yesterday, and trade deadline is coming up shortly, so we'll see if there's any other moves. The Raiders are hopeful to get Jimmy Garoppolo back this week, but no clarification yet. Justin Fields is doubtful doubtful for Week 8, so it looks like... (laughs) The, uh, the rookie, Tyson Bajan, is in line for another start. So we'll see how that goes. Kevin Stefanski says Deshaun Watson is day-to-day. And the Browns also said Jerome Ford is likely to miss a game or two with an ankle injury. Uh, the Broncos, did you see the play that Kareem Jackson, that hit that he put on in uh, the game on Sunday with the Broncos and the, the Packers? He was ejected from the game for uh, the hit that he put on their tight end, Luke Musgrave. As Musgrave caught the ball, a defenseless receiver, he just Crushed him in the head. Yeah, yeah, crushed him in the head, and this is like the fourth one that he's gotten uh, unnecessary roughness for. So they they ejected him. New York stepped in, said he's out, boot him, and they have they are fining him now. Uh, What is the fine? It's five hundred fifty eight thousand dollars plus. He's getting a four game suspension. So twenty years ago, he would have been celebrated on Jacked Up, right? Yeah. Now they're like, this is he's yeah, a killer, and he yeah, probably can, is. Can't do that. Uh, the Dolphins, we found out yesterday, are going to be featured in the in-season Hard Knocks. So that will probably get underway sometime in early November. That's traditionally when that show starts to air. And finally, the NBA gets underway tonight. You've got a doubleheader as they tip off the opening of the season. Of the, season. the Lakers at the Nuggets, 7.30 tonight on TNT, followed by... The Phoenix Suns at the Golden State Warriors. That's at 10 o'clock also on TNT, and that's a look at sports. All right, coming up, yeah, that off-duty pilot who tried to shut off the engines in flight. Ah, I think a lot of people are trying to figure out why he did it, but regardless, he's facing 82 counts of murder. It's coming up next. There's more Shred and Reagan coming up. On 97 Rock. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? <laughs> In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen. What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real, because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. 716-210-9797. 716-210-9797. Call or text. The jokes are flying, first of all, because Taylor Swift and is in the Chiefs box and Travis Kelsey's yards go up whenever she's now in attendance this year. 
This is the NFL Taylor Swift Network. Well, the 49ers lost last night. Surprising since they have the luck of Taylor Swift on their side. How so? Taylor was born on December 13th, 1989. And who won the Super Bowl the next month? Don't tell me. You got it, the San Francisco 49ers. Like the Niners, the Philadelphia Eagles are doing amazing this season. And we believe that's because Taylor Swift was born in West Reading, Pennsylvania. About an hour's drive from the Eagles Stadium. That makes sense. And the Eagles' only Super Bowl victory out of four came in 2018. I don't get the connection. She didn't release an album that year, so all of her energy must have been focused on the Eagles. Makes perfect <laughs> sense. You're listening to the NFL Taylor Swift. All right, right, right. Okay, sir. So uh, we got this text from Eric this morning. Guys, does Kelsey do better with Swift there, or do they just feed him the ball more? Which is funny. Because then that means that the offensive coordinator is paying attention to whether Taylor Swift is in the booth. And he's like, you know what? She's there. Fortunately, the uh, Roger Goodell's lighting up my headset, telling me i got to feed him the ball. <laughs> <laughs> that would suck. Hmm. So then we brought up, well, is it possible that Josh Allen just doesn't have some sort of famous girlfriend staring down at him all the time, and maybe that's what he needs? I don't know. Standing like a wanna text. Maybe Josh Allen should have his boyfriend show up at games, LOL. Oh, come on, Stan. Stop it. Uh, you played Dorsey before. Yeah. He's painful. You play him again? Really? <laughs> Dive in. Yeah, okay. Let's, so, go all, let's go face first into this. So the question was, do we have a crisis on offense? Uh, no, I think, uh, you know, when you look at us, um, you know, we, we were able to do a lot of good things, especially there in the second half. Uh, in the first half of that that uh, last game, I think there was uh, there was some good sustained drives. We just got to finish those drives. Um, you know, we got uh, got down the the red zone and had the penalty on the one touchdown. Um, and then you know we had the uh, obviously they 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 got us on a on a pressure there and um, you know put us behind the chains. So uh, you know I think those were um, those were signs that. It's it's something that uh, you know as an offense we can we can go on execute at a high level. I think we showed that. I think we showed a lot of mental toughness and character uh, to come back in that game and and uh, and play the way we did in the second half. So uh, you know we just gotta we gotta build and and uh, um, continue to continue to uh, build off those things and and make sure that uh, we keep uh, keep growing and keep uh, putting ourselves in in position to be successful. Mary East Aurora. Oh my God, Dorsey's the worst speaker. This is probably how he calls plays. Okay, Josh, uh, we're going to try and uh, finish this drive. Uh, oh, there's only four seconds left on the play uh, clock. Better call timeout. Uh, yeah. I know that, you know, people are losing patience, and rightfully so. I think the question that we have to ask Joe Biscaglia a little bit later on this morning is, how do this same, essentially the same group of people, almost put 70 points on the Miami Dolphins, and now they struggle to put up any against the Giants, the Patriots, with so many, God, injuries. I don't know. That's that's the question. The injuries uh, you know, haven't been that big on the offensive side. They've been more on the defensive side. Now they're starting to build with Dawson Knox. you got Josh Allen's shoulder. Uh, but, you know, that – that that explains what half of uh, the last game and, and this past one. There's got to be something. There's got to be something going on. They just didn't start sucking. That's the thing you have to look at, right? Like Josh Allen just didn't become a bad quarterback. So yes, his shoulder has to be bothering him. They're not going to be upfront about it. They're not going to tell you. 
He's got to be bothering him in some way. As far as the rest of it goes, well, well, we'll we'll pick Joe's brain a little bit later on this morning. Guys, Jacket does a better Dorsey than Dorsey does. <laughs> That's from Jenny. Yeah, hey, we're going to try and get him on at some point this week, too. He's gotta, we've got to figure some of this stuff out. Okay, so anyway, that's uh, a little bit of what we've got so far this morning. 716-210-9797. Chris texting in. I'll bite. What's the current situational need for Vaughn? And then he writes down, all right, give me the slowest, stiffest edge rusher for this play. <laughs> Vaughn's take, you know, like anything, right? It's It's taken a while for him to come back. And he does look old and stiff, that's for sure. But I don't know if he's going to stay that way. Hopefully not. But he's just got to play. Well, the man is some coming back from part. a torn ACL, and right? It's, it's, it's probably taking a little. It while. is not uncommon. <laughs> if, yeah. I mean, if you remember Tre'Davious White last year, sure. I mean, it it took you know what halfway through the season before he even got on the field. Sure, it's all frustrating. All right, so keep that coming. And uh, if we, if there's anything that you want us to ask Joe Biscalia, uh, please text it off to us, and we'll make sure we do that. All right, so with that, let's get ready for uh, news of the day today. We'll start off first with it's Buffalo Restaurant Week. Anybody going out, trying some stuff? I'm sure they are. There are about 90 restaurants that are serving up stuff. So if you haven't had a chance to go and check out some stuff, this would be the opportunity for you to do it. they got a big list of some of the restaurants. So if you've never tried anything before, you know, you've got a, you got a chance to go out there and like, oh, I've never had that before. That sounds weird. Well, it's a chance to go to some of these places maybe you've wanted to go and get a little bit of a discount. Yeah. Exactly. And I guess over at, so if you go to visitbuffaloniagara.com, you could actually go by map, by cuisine type. And so let's say, for example, you've always wanted to try, let me just read a couple here, Caribbean, Ethiopian, German, Greek, Middle Eastern, Polish. Spanish? Anything? Yeah, sure. You can try all that stuff. Yeah. And if so, and if we've got the restaurant for it, this would be your opportunity. I tried Spanish. Uh, sorry, that, no results. <laughs> so that didn't work. Uh, that, that, that didn't work is that, out. Is that different than Mexican food? Uh, let's try German. There used to be a ton of German joints around here. Let's try, let's try German. See if there's anybody. Ah, we've got one. Schnitzel and Company. East Amherst. Okay. They've got German. So if you're looking for that, and then if you're looking for, I haven't had Indian in a while. Yeah. Oh, Indian. There's got to be a couple. Ah, there's one. <laughs> Southern Junction. I'm not even sure that's. Never heard of it. Yeah, I know. Well, well that's, that's why you do it, right? That's why you do a restaurant. Where's work. that at? Well, first of all, they do Texas-style smoked meats, complement by Southwest Indian street food flavors. Well, that's different. That's Boy, that's uh, that does not sound traditional. That sounds like you're shoving a bunch of stuff in there. Traditional to see what happens. Indian barbecue, right? No? Uh, now, when I was driving, <laughs> when we were going up to Canada uh, a couple weeks ago, right before the getting on the Rainbow Bridge, there was two Indian restaurants right there, and one said it's the best Indian restaurant in in, the in New York. Yeah, hmm. right. Who knew? That's saying a lot because there they are some saying good, a lot. Can they back it up? That's because there are a lot of good Indian restaurants around here. Uh, Caribbean food, Bratz Hill. That's in Larkin Square. They're apparently Caribbean. Okay. They're uh, authentic, fast, casual Jamaican, and a sit-down, upscale Jamaican fusion. Wow. Possibly with some Indian. That's a lot of words. That yeah. is. Could be a lot of flavor, though. Sounds right. Sounds like a bunch like jerk chicken, stuff like yep. that. Oh, this is the guy who was on uh, he's Food Network, CBS, ESPN. Oh, okay. Right. Chef Darian Bryan. Oh, Heard A okay. lot of good things about this guy. Yep. Right. And he, he makes really good food. So- 
he's the one plunking down some Jamaican. So All right. Try that. Right? So he's on the list. So now you can try Brats Hill and uh, give it a shot. He cooks for a lot of the bills. I know they have him doing parties and stuff like that. Yeah, he right. Be, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. He's got a lot of credibility. This can't suck. There's no way. So got to try that out. So, again, uh, if you check out visitbuffaloniagara.com, they've got a full list of all the restaurants that are part of Restaurant Week. So that's going on this week. I'm thinking week. about going ethnic here. Uh, you got any good uh, Italian places? Italian joy. Well, I only have Italian that might also have Ethiopian fusion. So that what don't are you work. looking for? That don't work. You know? an upscale, downscale, <laughs> renovated old barn. <laughs> I don't know what kind of sauce you're going to put on my uh, mastacholi there with the. (laughs) And I don't want standard utensils, by the way. No, let's make this complicated. (laughs) Yes, I want sticks and I want old uh, old bowls. I want one chopstick and I have to eat the rest with naan. Yep. (laughs) It's got to come in a mini trough, a personal mini trough that I just served on a shovel, an artisan shovel. It it looks like slop. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) More time was spent making the mini shovels. Than uh, the actual food. All right. Well, nonetheless, restaurant week is on, so let's get at it. Uh, Lori checking in. Schnitzel and Company is amazing, but it is. All right. Uh, and then we've got George and Perry checking in this morning. Guys, do you know what the problem is? It's the Madden curse. Josh Allen ran his mouth, said he was going to break the curse and all this, and now we got this. George is bringing something up that uh, is just beginning to be talked about the Madden curse. We all, amongst all of us, laughed about the Madden curse, by the way. Every last one of us. Because it really hasn't been a factor the last couple of years. Right. We're like, hey, it's fun with your Madden curse. Shut up with that. We'll be fine. And now here we are, several weeks into it, going, oh, God, there's a chance that the Madden curse is a real thing. Because at one time it was a real thing. I don't know what the hell we're supposed to do. Yeah, I don't know. What are we blaming the other years on? <laughs> What are we blaming last year on? What are we blaming the year before on? It was a thing the, when the, they started the showing. The curse? When they showed uh, all of the other things. Well, don't forget, we were going pretty damn far. If it wasn't for, I mean, at this stage of the game, you're not, you're not getting anywhere close to Kansas City in some sort of championship. Nope. So that's the big difference. Uh, guys, last two weeks, Gabriel Davis and Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox said that to simplify the offense, we needed to uh, get started on it. It's too complicated. And that sounds a lot like Rex Ryan. That's from Vern. Thank you, Vern. Yeah, that's also possible. If people are starting to yell about simplifying the offense, that's bad. How complicated did he make it over the last two years? Well, Like Dayball left and he's like, we're making this real hard. It's always been a complicated offense. Sure. They've talked about that but in the past. But these guys have been in the system for years. Well, some of them. There's a lot of new guys. Yeah, you, know, you get the feeling you look that at the wide receivers, you know, outside of Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs. I mean, if you listen to uh, Ken Dorsey, he sounds like a guy who's always like running stuff in his head all the time. Real intense dude. Who knows? Maybe he does make things really yeah. complicated. He's like, this is simple. You just if the, if the guy's going to the left and he's uh, wearing blue socks, then you cut in, and if he's wearing white socks, you cut out. This is simple. 
The guy's like, I don't know, man. What's he talking socks about? If he, if he's wearing cerulean blue, you're going to take a right and then make a hook. But you if it's a royal blue. You just bring a swatch out with you, a right. color wheel, and you hold it up next to it. This is easy. I don't understand why this is so complicated. So if you recall when Naheem Hines joined the team and he didn't get oh, a lot yeah, of play, right. they were talking about because yeah. the offense is so complicated that you know he was, he was trying to learn it, but he had a limited amount each week. They'd add a little bit more. Oh, yeah. But now you've got a bunch of new receivers, Deontay Hardy, uh, Sherfield. Yeah. You know, I mean. Some of these guys maybe maybe struggling to grasp it. I don't know. Yeah, because Ken Dorsey does sound like a smart guy, but maybe too too smart for his own good. And he's just like, oh, I can do this, and we can do that, and oh yeah, color swatches, bring them out. I can yep. do this, I can do that, and then we just run it for a yard. And it's also still Dayball's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God knows. All right, so we'll talk to Joe Biscay a little bit later on this morning about that. But if you got any thoughts, let us know seven one six two one zero ninety seven. 97. Today is National Bologna Day. Oh, good morning, sunshine. What would you like for breakfast? How about some eggs and sausage? I'd really rather have bologna. Bologna? Bologna? Yeah, bologna. Why would you want that? It is National Bologna Day today. I don't like bologna. I love it. If he wants bologna, then... Okay, okay. Who doesn't love bologna? Today is National Bologna Day. still think the best thing good you do with bologna is fry it. Yep. I think it's folded and bite little holes in it and make faces. Used to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, used to do that too. Put that greasy bologna all yeah, over yeah. your face. Put a couple eyeballs in. We're gonna make the mouth. Uh. Uh, fried bologna sandwich. Um, and then forty-six percent of all pumpkin carving injuries will happen this week. This is the week that you stab yourself in the hand. That big, big knife that you're trying to go down into the top. That's also not exactly uh, easy to handle, and maybe not as sharp as it should be. Doctors suggest letting adults do the cutting and using the pumpkin carving specific knives rather than your kitchen knives. Hmm. Here are hand surgeons, Dr. Christopher Gott and Dr. Joseph Gill, breaking down a safer pumpkin carving strategy. By the way, I'm already kind of like, damn, we're at the level of hand surgeons? I mean, this is important (laughs) to listen to, right? We're not just finding some random doctor on TikTok. Finding actual hand surgeons are like, oh, yeah, we had to repair stuff. It's really tempting to take that really large butcher knife and kind of say, oh, this will be easy. You either drive it through the pumpkin and through the other side into your hand or it slips off the pumpkin and you know, it lacerates the hand. You know, these small kits are great. You have to, you can cut yourself. They're not foolproof, but you have to work a lot harder. Not super sharp, but sharp enough to open up the, uh, the top of the pumpkin. Okay, so in other words, going to the Jason knife immediately and going, I'm just going to slice through this thing, stand back. Especially if you've had a couple of in you, you know, you've, you've had a few beers. Because usually often pumpkin carving is like, ah, oh, let's have some friends over. We'll get blasted. Next thing you know, you're going to see. drunk. One, right. Kids get drunk. And you're going to see the hand surgeons. That's the knife I always used. What, the big. Uh, big butcher one. That's yeah. what you chop the top open Yeah, to do the top. But then when you get to the fine tuning. It starts you know. bending, though. When you go to the fine tuning, I would get out the good German knives. Oh, that are really? Super, super sharp. I like the pumpkin ones that they're talking about. They're kind of like ridged. Those always break. Though. They do, but they they're flexible. Yeah, you know, so you can kind of if you're trying to cut some of those the rounds, you know, instead of just straight lines. Mm-hmm. The kids always sucked at cutting, so you would the adult cuts it anyways. Right, right. Surprised though they haven't gone with mini chainsaw. Why are you surprised? Well, because it would be easier to just at least what, on paper completely destroy the entire pumpkin in so five in seconds. So in other words, what you do is you take. You take your mini chainsaw, right? And so you get that thing started. Hold on a second. Here. Top comes off immediately. And then you run it on the inside instead of spending time like a full scraping. Uh-huh. 
You just do the circle on the inside and scrape all the guts out there with a mini chainsaw. I suggest you try it. And then, you know, the lie. You know, and then you're and then you're like, all right, now I gotta make a mouth. You're Darn. looking for like a chainsaw like the size of a pen. Chainsaw. Yeah, I've, little... I've not seen those, but yeah, I don't know how you would put the gas in, but okay. I mean, the, the main chain, <laughs> they also sling oil all Tiny. over the place. It's just a real little gas can. A little gas can. Yeah. It's like a Ken, a <laughs> Ken chainsaw. Right, see a little, uh, little dropper or two of oil. <laughs> Chainsaws make a mess. You know, and then yeah. uh, you just crank that thing up. Oh. Can you imagine all the pumpkin guts you'd have just all over your chainsaw? Well, I'm also thinking of the exhaust inside your kitchen. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I, bought, I have an electric one. <laughs> all right, well, there, yeah, there you, you go. go. The Still slings oil, though. Yeah. I can't believe that no one has invented the pumpkin chainsaw. The pocket chainsaw? <laughs> <laughs> 716-210-9797. Maybe TV. you're doing one of those, like, 2,000-pound pumpkins. Right, this is funny, yeah. though, because that's what I'm thinking. T from Angola, he's got the answer. Or she. Use a Dremel and a drill bit. There you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's good stuff. This is funny. Also frightening. Guys, I've seen pumpkins carved with a power washer. Check that out. Oh, that's I did good. watch one of those videos the other day. Did you? Yep. It looked like they had pre-cut it, though, because it only popped out the shapes. Oh, okay. Yeah, Mike and I mean, Akron. If that's uh, sharp enough, that, you know, that can, they'll just rip it up. Right. Yeah. I mean, and look what it does, you know. To your leg <laughs> if you're not yeah, paying yeah, attention. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah, or if you're ever, you know, if you're doing the, the sidewalk or house and you accidentally hit the screen, mm-hmm. screen's it's gone. Gone. <laughs> Oh, now this is cool. This is Jay from Grand Island. Guys, this year, me and my daughter used a jigsaw and a sawzall to carve out our pumpkin. Came out great. Now, a sawzall make, would make a lot more sense. Than the mini chainsaw? Than a chainsaw, yes. Because, yeah. I mean, that's a, the reciprocating blade there, you know? Right. Right, because, you, you know, you might find yourself, you know, cutting through a branch or something like that, and you're at the point where the branch is thick enough that you're like, you know, I could probably use a chainsaw. I shouldn't be using a sawzall at this point to be chopping this thick of a branch out. But you could take that sawzall then and cut into a pumpkin. Hmm. That's not bad. He's got another one. Guys, I use a sawzall. Nice. Oh, and uh and he sent us he sent us some of the power tools that he used to carve out his pumpkin. Pretty decent. A lot of DeWalt battery power right there. Interesting. Nice job. I mean, you can't do the delicate stuff with the reciprocating saw. No, right. but you can going to punch the hell out of it and just bash the face of it in. <laughs> but if you're going for, you know, if you're going for speed and you're going for like you got to do three pumpkins, you know, and you don't have right. a lot of time. Fall is short. Wow. Somebody carved up looks like a little looks like a little turkey. That's impressive. That's crazy. I don't know who did that, but boy, that's some good work. Is that using one of the kits? Must be. No, this was like in the shape of a turkey, not yeah. just the turkey print. Oh, Mike, okay. that's impressive. I don't know what you were doing, but that is that is damned impressive. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Guys, I use a sawzall. Guys, I know a guy who uses a jigsaw. Okay. So, yeah, all that good stuff. Uh, Denise from Clarence, fried bologna sandwich. Best in the world from Sidelines, Transit Road to Pew. And I cut it with a sawzall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pull the sawzall I think it is. All right. 
Well, let's talk about that off-duty pilot this morning. You may have, uh, at some point, if you were scrolling through some news, you saw this story. He's an off-duty pilot, and he was riding as a passenger in the cockpit of an Alaskan Airlines flight. In the jump seat. It's actually a regional uh, operated by Alaskan Air, but he's, dr- he's flying along. And I've read two or three descriptions now, and they don't have a blow-by-blow account. But it sounds like he tried to turn off the engines at some point of the plane. There's two red handles there that he pulled, they said. And he just reached in and just yanked on them. Thankfully, he was stopped and removed. Here's the on-duty pilot talking to air traffic control. We've got the uh, guy that tried to shut the engines down uh, out of the cockpit. Um, and he uh, doesn't sound like he's causing any issue in the back right now. I think he's the dude. Other than that, uh, yeah, we want law enforcement as soon as we get on the ground and park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, they sound like they want to club them. Yeah, they're fired. They gave him the business a little bit in the cockpit there. Yeah, they handcuffed him and threw him in the back of the plane. Good for him. Hopefully they did. Idiot. I mean, is it one of those things where, you know, you walk past a cop and you're like, gun, 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 grab his gun. And your brain is like, shut up, brain. Stop it. This guy is a pilot. He worked for the airlines. And he's sitting there and he's going, oh, man, what would happen if I just reach over and grab the engine? I think he knew what was going to happen. Well, he had to. So do you think he was suicidal? Do you think he was trying to? That's crazy. Yeah. They, in their statement, they did say it had nothing to do, is not related to any uh, current world events. Okay. Hmm. He was just idiot on a plane and yep. decided he wanted to, you know, screw around. But that's it. Was he screwing around or was he truly trying to end it all? I don't know. You know, that's the worst, right? There was a guy who was nailed, and I forget what, he was an Egyptian pilot, and he was having some personal problems. And it may have been gambling, and he may have also been, like, being inappropriate with some of the workers, and they were going to write him up. And he's like, oh, you're going to write me up? And it wasn't like, you know, they were going to throw him in jail, but I think they were going to fire him. And he's like, you're not going to fire me. I'm going to kill everybody on the airplane. Is he the one who ditched it in the sea? Yeah. He just, he he made sure that he waited for the pilot to go to the bathroom, and then he locked the door, and he ran the thing into the ocean. I'm like, they're just going to write you up, buddy. You're not going to write me up. Okay. Jesus, calm down. Yeah, so I don't know what the guy was doing. We're still trying to figure it out. 716-210-9797. Call or text. See what's going on this morning. Let us know what's up. Next up in news of the day today, uh, former McDonald's corporate chef is going viral on TikTok by helping his followers find substitutes for their favorite McDonald's products. Hmm. In his latest... Former chef, huh? He talks about the iconic Big Mac sauce and says that the closest replica you could find is Walmart's great value brand secret sauce. He says that's the stuff. There he is. Do you want to buy Big Mac sauce from the store? I'm a former McDonald's corporate chef, and I have your best option. We are looking at what's closest to the Big Mac sauce that's served in the restaurant. The one that best replicated Big Mac sauce from McDonald's is great value secret sauce look at the ingredient statement it's almost identical your walmart might be out of it this was hard to find but good luck and let me know what you think why why is he giving us substitutes is there a shortage is that company going out of business where we can't go there every single day uh, he's a former Mm. Corporate chef, something happened. It's mm. time for ah, good point. Okay. Good point. So he's like, you don't need this. You right. can get it yourself. The mac sauce is easy to make at home. I've done that. It's it tastes just like it. 
right? It's the copycat stuff, right? They're, they're trying to, so if you wanted to make it from home and you didn't feel like going out to McDonald's, something along those lines. So you're going to take just as long of a drive to go buy this. And, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's if you want to make them at home. I mean, if you're yeah. cooking burgers and you like the sauce, you yeah, might want to make them at home. home. Yeah. I could go buy the Big Mac for $4 or yeah. however much it is, or I could... Go chop the onions, chop the lettuce, yeah. get the burger ready, go to Walmart, get the sauce. Do you never bake hamburgers at home? Once in a while. Okay. Yeah. So you might like the sauce. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I did make it for, yeah. My, I know there was a time that my parents were obsessed with trying to make this sauce. They're like, we can make this sauce. We could do this. They grab mayo, and they grab ketchup, yep. and then they grab some relish. Yep. You're almost there. Pickle juice. Done. Pickle juice, garlic powder. Yeah. We're like, you guys are geniuses. We're like, yeah. Oh, my God, we're going to eat this on everything. (laughs) Now we know the secret. Right. You're going down. You drive past McDonald's. You just (laughs) grab yourself. Right here, McDonald's. We got the whole thing figured out. Do you have the Chick-fil-A sauce recipe? Yes, I do. What is the Chick-fil-A sauce? It was mayo, barbecue sauce. I believe there was a little mustard in there. And I can't remember. There was something else. Oh, you're holding out there, Colonel Sanders. No, I can't remember. I haven't made it. I don't really care for it, so I didn't. But they, see, that's the same. I love it. Right? Like, that's the same thing. You know, we always thought that it was something, you know, special and secret. And Colonel Sanders was just at a garage grabbing whatever spices he could find off the rack They're of all the, the garage. Same. It's all the same stuff. And he's like, a little bit of salt, possibly some 1040, some uh, dusting know, from the floor. Whenever you're doing stuff like that. More you know, salt. We make uh, our own rub a lot when we're going to smoke. Sure. And uh, so, you know. The the key is to write down what you use in case you really like it. Yep. <laughs> because otherwise, right. you're like, what did, we, what did we put in this again? We put a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Guys, Thousand Island dressing works great. Pretty, Try that pretty out. Close. That's a pretty good point. Yeah. Uh, guys, I heard that a secret sauce a few years back, not the same as uh, what it is today. It's a little different. Uh, yeah. All right. So there's a couple of things hmm. going on with that this morning. So we're not sure if you're doing any of that stuff, but if you're trying, go ahead. One of the things that they're trying to do right now is to um, bring, I think what it is, is like um, fast food to people who are playing games. And so they've got a commercial, they've got a commercial uh, ad right now running where they're talking about, don't give up on the game, just let us bring food to you. Are you talking about video games? Yep, they're finding out people who play video games are the uh, untapped audience for DoorDash and bringing food to your house. Oh boy, I'm thinking of ads in games now. Oh, do they? No, yeah. I'm just, I can't believe they haven't done that sure, yet. Sure, right. And, exactly. uh, and In the new Spider-Man game, you swing by a McDonald's and it's like, hey, do you want to order something? Like, I can't believe they haven't done that. Yeah, I just like thought of are. something sinister. So do you have to leave your door unlocked? <laughs> <laughs> are they going to come right in and just set it down next right to you? Right next to you? Yeah. Yep. Meanwhile. I, I can't stop. Just, yeah, just set it there. That's good, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give yourself a tip. Okay, thanks. Meanwhile, KFC has decided to go uh, put some mac and cheese inside of wraps. So it's chicken and mac and cheese, and then they throw it in a wrap. That sounds horrible. Yep. KFC just announced that they're bringing back the wraps, which were popular back then. So, uh, yeah, they've got it for a limited time. The mac and cheese wrap is a piece of fried chicken wrapped with uh, cheddar macaroni and cheese and finished with more cheese. <laughs> Good Lord, <laughs> uh, KFC. Like, you want to you want to dumb it down, just throw a bunch of cheese on it. You should be fine. Hey, Moonies, are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> the two options are the classic and the spicy slaw. You can get two for five bucks. But this is worth bringing up as long as we're trying to come up with hacks. Couldn't you just get, you can even get a frozen chicken patty that's already fro- that's fried. Sure. You throw it in a wrap, you get a box of mac and cheese, you're done. Why am I letting KFC do this? 
I know it's easier, because but still. Because the same reason Jacket doesn't want him to have the, uh, <laughs> the <laughs> sauce. Right. He would rather just go down the street and get it. I guess. Yeah. It's, it's going to stink up the house. You know, you're going to, yeah. I don't have time well, for all this. You can certainly do it if you're making that stuff. That's good. You know, that's True. actually good for leftovers. Yeah, it sounds you know, right. If you, if you had, uh, you made a big meal where you had chicken and you had mac and cheese and you got leftovers, just yep. make a little wrap. Yep, that's it. All right, last thing I've got this morning, and a man ran from police with a license plate that said, Will Run. He's 18 years old. His name is Marcus Burton. And he coincidentally, I guess, I guess he had some sort of license plate that said "Will Run" on it. Turned out there was just a sign covering the actual plate because he knew he was going to do something stupid. The chase hit speeds of over 100 miles an hour ended when the Mustang collided with an SUV carrying a family, including uh. a child. Thankfully, nobody was hurt. Wow! The driver of the Mustang was booked on uh, several felony charges. It's a miracle nobody was hurt. There's a video of the crash, and it's just terrifying. Like the Mustang gets obliterated. But yeah. His, uh, his license plate said, will run. So His new one says, will crash. Yep. Followed by need attorney. All right, there you go. Caught up to date at the moment on the news of the day. We've got some want ads. We're going to try and get you some stuff to buy locally here in Western New York. That's coming up next. Be a part of the Shred and Reagan show. Call 210-9797. Shred and Reagan, mornings, 97 Rock. Well, from time to time, we head off to Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist and the want ads. And what we look for, stuff that people are selling in western New York that you may want to buy. Like a pumpkin carving chainsaw. Right. And so if we stumble on that, you might hear it and go, that's what I've been looking for for a long time now. And so we're going to bring Jack and Stella in studio as well. And we're going to go through some want ads. How about that? First up this morning, safety harness, $35. Chictawaga, safety belt and rope. And it's a picture of the rope and the harness. Does that look like chew marks on the rope there? <laughs> like right there. It does. It does. I feel like that's what you'd find in the I, back of like a serial killer's car. So are you telling trunk. me the rope is somewhat frayed? <laughs> Does My, it, the, the, it safety rope, the safety rope is frayed? Hey, it's used. What do you expect? Right. Yeah. You, know where, you know where it's uh, you see you always see it on TV. They show it as it starts to fray a little bit more. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. And it's got that one strand mm-hmm. still just hanging on there. I mean, why else is the guy selling the safety harness for only thirty five bucks? You know, we're across the street from Haynes Supply, right? If you go over to Haynes sure. Supply, you're gonna get some brand new safety harnesses. That some bitch will be able to hold right. lots of weight. Let me ask you, though. it's gonna be a little more expensive than thirty five bucks. Do I just need to replace the rope? Well, if the, if the harness is still good, I just replace the how do you How do you know the harness is good? Does it show a picture of the harness? Has anyone tested this thing? You just see the hey, guy. You got to look at it. some fabric so, missing. See the dog's golden, re- the guy's golden retriever just gnawing at the whole thing. <laughs> when you're paralyzed, the doctor said, what happened? You're like, eh, I bought a safety harness. $35 safety harness. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, On Craigslist? <laughs> so your legs are now two inches tall. What <laughs> happened? Well... Yeah, I don't know, man. This You probably shouldn't mm-hmm. go cheap on a safety harness. No. Just saying. Well, anyway, so on. All right, well, you can't go wrong with this one. This is a vintage Popeye bubblegum machine. So it's, uh, you know, looking at the picture because it's empty. It doesn't really look like the greatest Popeye. I feel like I'm on acid when I'm looking at it. <laughs> but it, you got to understand, it's clear on the front half. 
so that you can see the gumballs mm-hmm. inside the Popeye face. So it's it's yeah, it's a little bit. Uh, How old are the gumballs? Well, there are none in it. You've got a supply. Oh, your, okay. So this is a vintage 1968 Popeye the Sailor bubblegum machine, plastic. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it shows a little bit of wear, but it's in good condition overall. And they want twelve dollars for it. Huh. Okay. Does it make uh, noises if I move the little lever? Like, oh, right? Does it well, do that? Blows me down. No, it doesn't. Huh? Uh, not that I'm aware of. No, All it's right. not a speaking one. But okay. and it doesn't. I don't know what you do. Oh, it's just got a little slide thing. There's no coin operation mm-hmm. in this one. It's just oh. slide. It's it's you know it's a novelty thing for the for the kids back yeah. in 1968. It's freaky looking. It's, yeah. It is a little freaky looking. <laughs> All right, I have a rare 1987 Olds Tornado. Ooh. Okay. Uh, he wants to trade it for a 4x4 tractor loader with the bucket. <laughs> Good luck. Okay, 1987. He said, you can find it. Type in the year in, I guess, on the internet. 1987, the make Oldsmobile Tornado, mm-hmm. and my black rare car will pop up. And as you see, okay, so he has the 87 Tornado, uh-huh. right? Then why is his ad a picture of a computer screen <laughs> with an 87 Tornado on it? Take a picture of the damn car. Go outside and take a picture of the car. Well, because yeah. the car's smoldering at the moment. Right, because he doesn't the, have it. All the fenders fell off. <laughs> well, you're saying he doesn't even have the car. He's why would like, you take a picture of your computer screen? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, if that's your car and that's your picture, just post the picture. Well, go he outside. Knows. Go in your garage. I mean, he took the picture. If that's right, his car. right, he took the picture, put it on his computer, and then it took a picture. Of the computer. He knows it's online because that's where he got the picture from. Ah, <laughs> right, right. He does tell you how to search it up. Search it up because that's where I saved it. Oh yeah, or, that one's mine. The one that says Getty Images, that one's mine. That but he's right. also trying to trade for something very odd, right? Yeah. Four by four tractor with the bucket. Yeah. <laughs> was that in 1987 when he first got the car and it was still in good shape? Oh, I mean, look at it. That looks like it's got to be just got home from the dealership. Right, right. Today there's a squirrel. <laughs> It's a tire. very crisp right. image. There's no blurring. There's no sunny day. Yeah. I mean, they were film c- over it. Just got it washed. <laughs> they were nice cars back in the day. Not a high demand car today, but thirty five years ago. Yeah. I have a cute Maltese puppy um, waiting to be picked up by their forever home. They eat hard food and are potty trained. They enjoy running and playing all while being non-shedding. Boys and girls available. And me and Jacka were talking about it. It looks like it's a head of a Maltese puppy mounted on the wall. So <laughs> the they, way that they I, took the picture. I think, because you don't see legs or a body right You anything. don't it's just, see it. It's like a puppy head. Is the only a- thing that really gives away that it's not dead and it's alive yeah. is that there's a cage around it. Okay. <laughs> right. There is oh, a that's cage right. around it. But it does look like that at first glance. Right. It's a very cute puppy. A very cute How much? puppy. It doesn't give a price. You want the whole thing or just a head? <laughs> Preferably the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> what big game hunter would end up going? Well, right. Oh my god, a little two pound Maltese. Right. Oh god. They also spelled Maltese with a capital E at the end twice. I thought first time I was like, oh, that's a misspelling, but they did it twice. It's a special wondered, edition. Like, Maltese. Let me ask you something. What's the what's the mental makeup of a pet that you buy on Craigslist? Does it have issues? Like it's really into some dark stuff. And that's why it's being sold on Craigslist. You're like, oh, you don't want to know my politics. 
<laughs> Doing Ooh, seances at the house. I'm so. to the right of Hitler. I just wanted to let you know. Jeez, <laughs> puppy. Lord. Puppy's like, I got some real dark stuff. I would think that'd be a on. German Shepherd. Uh, <laughs> right. I don't know. All right. Next up, every now and then it pops up. Porn DVDs. Sweet. <laughs> Some unopened and sealed. $100. Asking $100 for all. Please call or text if interested. Thank you. Here's the crazy thing. It got so bad, this particular ad, that Jacka had to block out some of the hard cordness. <laughs> Because he felt uncomfortable printing it at the station. Because he didn't want somebody else to catch it at the printer? Right, was... I didn't know if I'd make it over there or forget that I printed it. Because it was so and there's nasty. Ka- and there's Katie from the office. Right, right. exactly. Getting her reports printed out. Oh, what's this? Oh, my. Right. Because the dude went for it. Like, you, you know, I mean, you sort of know what you're getting into if you're buying sure. porn DVDs off of Craigslist. <laughs> But he's like, nah, in case you didn't, uh, you know, get the hint, uh, this is hardcore. <laughs> so he shows you. I mean, you know, he had to show the pictures of Pure Bush 3. Really? He had to do that? Good God. It's, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> All he had to do. It's Arbor Day in Pure Bush 3. <laughs> All he had to do is show the spines of this thing. But no, he's like... Right. I don't know. I just, just the titles tell you enough. Nah, you, I no, don't need to see the hardcore <laughs> no, picture no, on the gotta cover. Got to show you the full thing. You don't quite get it. <laughs> so, yeah, he's uh, he's selling them for 100 bucks for all, in case you want to know. Bargain. All right, well, this is an interesting one. Uh, this is titled Buffalo Blow Bills Free Memorabilia <laughs> NFL Buffalo Alden. And there's a picture of a buffalo taking a dump. <laughs> it says, Buffalo Bills, don't know about you, but I definitely can't stomach them anymore. Rather watch college or better yet high school. It's the same old excuses from the players. Got to learn from it. LOL, LOL, LOL. Somebody better tell them kindergarten <laughs> school is over. So with that said, a lot of free Bills garbage here. Just let me know what you're looking for. Yeah, fans wow. have hit the wall. Ooh. Yeah, I like we're not, Wow. No I'm giving away all my Bills stuff. Uh, Damn. Uh, just yeah, Some people hit the wall early, man. Oh, so he's giving away a bunch of Bills stuff, and then that's just a random photo. Yeah. The photo, yes. He, just I, a, I don't know how long he had to dig to find a picture <laughs> of a buffalo <laughs> 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 dropping a deuce. But... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Let's see Going down the, the rabbit hole the, there. Yeah, the it's very creative. All right, I have a Michael Jackson mounted wall picture with installed clock. Okay, you know, like one of those laminate ones. It's got oh. the clock in it. Okay. Was two ninety nine. Now it's two fifty. But it also looks like something like you two hundred and fifty. Yeah, two hundred and fifty. Okay. <laughs> now it looks. When I looked at it again, it looks like something you would win in a fair. It does. It does look like. There's one no of way that's two fifty. Yeah. That's why I was wondering if it was two hundred or just. There's nothing. 50. No, it says two hundred and fifty <laughs> bucks, but it looks like one of those ones you win in a county fair. The clock fair. is tiny too. Right. It's not even taking up the whole picture. Did he just wake up from a coma and go, "Oh, Michael Jackson's dead. This right. is worth this a lot." This is probably of money. worth a whole bunch. <laughs> I remember I won that. Why don't you just put up the mirror? The yeah. mirror picture thing that you won there as well. Right. And the giant yeah. stuffed animal right. that's now all grungy. <laughs> They're like, Tony just woke up, man. He thinks a lot of things right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
he's trying to sell his porn DVDs because he thinks people still use DVDs. <laughs> Internet, never heard of it. <laughs> I have a child bed or pet steps with hidden drawers, $75 in Hamburg. But I'm trying to figure out how this is a bed. For children. You put the child in the drawer. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's wooden, too. All of it. And kids Where like you... to sleep on wood. <laughs> so, big... good point. Where's the kid thing? But then it's uh, the, the descriptions. Big girl has graduated to a ladder. Steps work great for her little dog, too. Composite wood build with grip material on the front top so edge Is it of just the steps. the steps? I think it's just the steps. I know. I know or a yeah. child bed. Oh, well, the step, maybe the step that's, to the bed. I, that's yeah, that's uh, yeah. I was looking at it. I didn't read it first, but then I'm it's yeah, be a child bed. I'm gonna be a stickler and go by what it says on the ad: child bed or steps. <laughs> no, right. you are sleeping on this tonight. <laughs> Inside of it, all these kids have stunt their their stunted growth. Right, <laughs> they're all yeah. they're all cube shaped like those those watermelons they grow. <laughs> I grew up in a drawer. Yeah, stop complaining. All right, final round on our want ads. A uh, third carat diamond ring with two rubies, fourteen k, uh, five hundred dollars cheek to waga, and uh, the middle finger sticking up and the rings on it. Don't fit me, so I'm forced to sell. I paid whatever. Good one, two rubies and yellow gold picks. Suck it. Looks great in person. Real diamond, not the newer kind. <laughs> Suck it. Suck it. <laughs> what the hell kind of ad is this? Sounds angry. Are, are you answering? Are you hearing the feedback live as you're typing this thing out? Suck it. You know, very, very nice. Doesn't fit. Two rubies, gold. Suck it. And he's giving you the middle finger. Yeah. Or he's also, while he's doing this, he's the one putting out the ad for the Buffalo Bills and the, and the poop in Buffalo. Mm. You no, know, he was much better. He was <laughs> just angry. Yeah. Josh Allen, suck it. Yeah. All right. $500. Uh, what we've got here is two vintage copper molds. One is a shell and the other is a fish. It's mm. made of... Now, they said it, they're copper, vintage copper molds, but they said it's made of aluminum. <laughs> 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 For baking and salads. Uh, or, I don't know, could you make jello in there and have your, what? dump it oh. out and have your, your fish looking jello? That's what I was going to say. What, or, what are you going to bake a cake in that? Who wants <laughs> yeah. a fish cake? Yeah. Even uh, like a cookie shape. For baking, yeah. Uh, is it copper or is it aluminum? Which is it now? <laughs> Unless the guy's got a birthday coming up, he's a big fisherman. He's like, I want a fish cake, you know, and he's because it's shaped like a fish, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, a cake, it's a mold, the cake shaped like a fish. It's like a big mold, though. People used to make like Jello and stuff like right. that, you know. Yeah, yeah. put it on a plate. I want a fish. Well, want... uh, they're twenty three bucks for the two of them. So. Okay, all right, good to so know. Have at it. All right, I have a Snoopy mug, like new. Never used. Oh, nice. Five dollars. Smoke-free home. No texts. Made in the USA, and I sure hope your name is Rachel. <laughs> because that's what's on there. Snoopy, and it says Rachel. <laughs> well, how do you think the person who bought Rachel that mug feels right now? Right? Yeah. Right? They're like, like, I, I got you that. Yeah. Never, you never even used it. The best, no. the best part of it, somebody that's not named Rachel is selling it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. How did you end up with this? 
<laughs> she gave it away a long time ago. Got it on sale. We were overstocked on Rachel's. <laughs> so there you go. Snoopy, all right, Rachel. Snoopy mug. Go get your mug. Suck it. <laughs> I have a cast leg for free in Buffalo. Um, a cast it, leg? It, yes. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's a signed cast leg that somebody... Uh, somebody's cast their, from their broken yes, leg. from their broken leg. And all, all their friends signed it. My favorite thing, though, is that boot style Western. So when they were what? putting... <laughs> when they were putting the style of the boot, they put Western in it. To describe oh, it, oh, like the, almost like it's like a cowboy boot, but it's yeah, a cast it's leg. A cast. It's not even it's something not you can wear. And it's somebody sweat in it. No, and it's got a bunch of people signed it that you have you no idea wear it who for they weeks. are. <laughs> like yeah. leg hair is extra. What? what <laughs> you know, most people just throw that away. <laughs> if right. you're gonna give it away for free, you might as well just throw it out. That thing's got us. I'm thinking about now. I broke my arm many times. I broke my leg and yeah. wore a cast all summer. I know, long. I and Im- I wore my yeah. I can't imagine how bad that thing stinks. Oh yeah, it literally. <laughs> oh it's my god, it's gotta smell so bad. I, I remember that's a whole so, leg. Right. <laughs> it's a whole leg. You you see the knee? It goes all the way up. What would you rather drink coffee out of the Rachel mug or Rachel that leg? Nah. Rachel mug. All, all right, much, we're going. How much Rachel is the mug. cast <laughs> for free? Oh, it's free. Free, oh, so yeah. they can well, just I mean, throw it out. That's worth it. God, yeah. it's gotta stink. All right, good luck. There's. You're one ad for another week. Uh, Tim texted in, guys, that's what jello molds are for, right? That's that's the fish, the fish jello yes, mold. Yes. And we got this, guys. Thanks to the 97 Rock Morning Show, I must now detail my car as I spit coffee all over my dashboard over the porn bush comment. Ah. <laughs> my ass off. And it's about Have time you get day. that interior cleaned anyway. You know, I mean, don't forget the windshield. <laughs> and Mike's got a great idea on the cast you just had. Guys, fake an injury. Uh, you want to get uh, out of something, now you got the cast. I'll get a new one. It Western. doesn't stink. <laughs> Boot cut style. All right, 716-210-9797. Joe Biscaglia, we got a lot of questions about the Buffalo Bills. Maybe he can answer them. That's nice. Hey, a little shout out to our friends in Elma this morning. Text to 716-210-9797 to be a part of the Shred and Reagan show on 97 Rock. Let's uh, talk a little bit about the Buffalo Bills. Let's try to figure out what happened. Lots of questions for Joe Biscaglia, who joined us this morning fresh off the flight back from New England. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Good morning to you. Uh, Let's start off with injuries. There's no way around it. Injuries are eating this team alive, not only defensively, but Josh Allen in the shoulder didn't look good. Dawson Knox. He, he was missing. He was missing a couple of uh, passes that you're like, oh man, is he way overthrowing? So what do you? Th- so what do you make of that and the Bills' loss? Well, I think uh, in terms of from an injury perspective, they've been mostly pretty lucky from uh, on offense. Um, the, the, Josh Allen, the Josh Allen shoulder injury, they continue to say that, you know, he's, he's, he's uh, getting through it. Josh Allen continues to say it's, it's a non-issue sort of thing. So you can only take them at, uh, at, at face value there for, for what that is. So uh, if it is bothering him, then I guess we'll hear about it uh, a few months from now, just like we did about his, uh, his injury last year and how it kind of impacted him down the stretch of that season. Yep. Uh, the Dawson Knox injury is, um, is, is one that takes away one of their, one of their usual five players that they, that they have in at, at their skill positions on offense. And, you know, it's been, it's been a bit of a, a down year for Dawson Knox. Uh, the last couple of weeks, 
you know, you have to think the wrist injury had really impacted his ability to be an effective pass catcher for him. Um, and certainly the, the, the drop at the end of the game uh, against the Patriots uh, that you can start to understand maybe why he did that. And, you know, drops have been a, a bit of an issue in his career, but uh, I think that probably certainly amplified it for, for that one. So uh, that's, that's from the injury perspective and, and Desmond, I mean, you saw what it's done to the defense so far, but in terms of the game overall, you know, that was just a, a, uh, another case of being asleep at the wheel uh, in the first half with the offense and then trying to play catch up in the second half against a bad team. And, you know, they got away with it against the New York Giants a couple of weeks ago. And the Patriots, they, they almost got away with that one too. But, you know, the, all of the injuries on defense have made it so that a, a player like Mac Jones and an offense like the Patriots can drive the ball down in that situation. So now it's, it's kind of a – the offense needs to collectively get its stuff together, whether that's McDermott and, and Ken Dorsey working hand-in-hand hand a bit more, uh, whether it's, you know, trying to – Trying to push away some of the tendencies that they've had throughout the last several uh, throughout the last several games, and and why things have kind of gone stale in the first half, and and try to figure this this thing out because if they're going to get where they want to go to, it's got to be the offense, just based on the pure numbers standpoint from from what they have on on the defensive side of the ball, they're not going to be able to steal games like they did in the past two three years. And the offense needs to be the one that that needs to lead the lead the pack here, and they just haven't done that the last three weeks, and that needs to be fixed and quickly. Did Jacksonville unveil something that other teams are following now? Because it seems like our offensive line was playing very well for much of the first handful of games, but the last three, the pressure has seemed to really increase on Josh Allen. No, I don't think I don't think it unveiled anything. Um, I think there were some well timed blitzes and maybe dropping back coverages on third downs uh, with Jacksonville. Uh, the Giants, they, they employed a bit of a delayed blitz and, and they sent it. Um, and, pay, and the Patriots, I haven't watched the film yet, but uh, just based on what I saw from, from the press box, it seemed like they were doing a little bit of, of that as well. But it's not as though it's just this one flat coverage that they have, have grown to struggle with. I think it's just them not being sharp, them not having a creative edge to their offense, and you know them them being a bit more predictable than what they had been in 2020 and 2021 when they were operating under offensive coordinator Brian Dable. So it it comes down to a uh, a situation where how much and or how little do you want to put on the plate of of Ken Dorsey here as to whether or not he should be fully responsible or if this is more of a player execution thing and and you could tell Sean McDermott is frustrated about it he's not he's not happy with them failing on at, at least on Sunday on second downs where in the first half they averaged 1.1 yards per play on third down specifically in the first half they were penalized four different times on offense and they didn't face a single third and short in the first half. Um, and they still managed to convert two of their five third down chances, but even, even still not having the ability to uh, extend these drives uh, and, and not having the, 
even on second downs when when they have gotten so good at kind of skipping third down uh, on these massive touchdown drives that they've had throughout their, their tenure with with Josh Allen, uh, that wasn't as prevalent either. So there's a there's a lot going on and not a lot of time to fix it. And they've got a, a quick game here against Tampa Bay on Thursday night. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at the schedule so far and the results. <clears throat> First game against the Jets, the Bills lost 22 to 16, but then from there it was gaudy numbers. Vegas and the Raiders 38 to 10, Commanders 37 to 3, Dolphins 48 to 20, and then from the Jaguars down. We're back to what happened at the beginning of the season with the Jets. Close and sloppy. Scored like 10 points in the first half combined of those three games. So is the question, because we're trying to figure out what to ask you, is it what happened to this team after the Dolphins where they could have put up 70 points against them? Or is this team still close to that opening Jets game? I think it, it's, it's a weird answer, but I think it might be a bit of both. And we don't know what this Bills team is going to be for, through the rest of the season uh, to, to be quite frank um and even in that washington game when they were when you look at back and see the points that was they were pretty slow to get going on offense and it wasn't until the defense kind of set the paces and and sacked sam howell forced a bunch of turnovers to where uh it, it really took off for them the, the las vegas raiders game they were great the miami game they were great but if you lump that commanders game into the, the jets jags giants and uh and the patriots game that's five out of seven, and that's more. That's way more than just a one-off. That's that's mostly an identity to what what uh, you don't want to have happened. But this offense, under with all of this talent, with one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and with an enhanced group of skill position players, you know, aided by Dalton Kincaid, Deontay Hardy's new, Trent Sherfield's new all of these new weapons and Gabe Davis being fully healthy and Diggs playing maybe as well as he has in, in a Buffalo uniform to this point mm-hmm. and still not being able to um, put these, put these games, these overwhelming games together against teams that you clearly should be uh, boat racing. Like the giants, that game shouldn't have been close, but they barely snuck it out and they almost lost at the end. They, they probably they deserved to lose that <laughs> yeah. game. The, the, pa- the, the Patriots game, they should have blown that team out by at least 10 points. It's, that's not a good Patriots team. But they allowed the Patriots to, to hang around. Their offense couldn't get out of the mud. And they almost stole it, but they deserved to lose. And they lost that one. So now it's how, how did they get back to what made them so dynamic? And I think there's a, there's a little bit to be said about Josh Allen not or them not being as, uh, I guess, overwhelmingly – forward in wanting to utilize him as a runner. And it's kind of a slippery slope here because this is, this is a, an, a longstanding conversation that we have had uh, over the years because Josh does not know how to slide and go out of bounds all that well. And so that, so you have to kind of balance this, this, um, this whole ideology of do you, do you put him at risk of these hits because, you have a short-term Super Bowl window, or do you try and keep him upright for the long term by by taking that piece of the puzzle out of your game plan? And that's that's got to be something that that they continue to talk about. His rushes this season are at a low for for at this point of the year, um, based on any other year that that he's been in the league. 
And Josh, I think this kind of takes the teeth out of the uh, out of the offense and takes away those moments on third and long where it's like, oh my God, how did they? How did Josh Allen get the Bills out of that situation uh, and and being able to throw the ball? And and not only does the scrambling and and rushing yards help, and I'm not even talking about design runs. I'm talking about scrambling on on improvisational passing plays. Not only does it take away from you know his ability to run the ball. But if you no longer have that threat to run, which has been such a, such a popular trope for uh, Sean McDermott for years about wanting to establish the run with their, with their running backs, but if you don't have that threat to run with Josh Allen, it's no longer sucking down defenders every time he's getting out of the pocket and things aren't opening up down the field. And if, he's, if he doesn't have the green light or if he has in his mind that he has a, a caution to run at all times, then you're not picking up that yardage. So you're just having him stand behind, behind the line of scrimmage trying to dippy things up when teams are mostly dropping back with a bunch of guys in coverage. And it's just it's, it's something's got to give here. And I don't know if it's the long term or if it's the short term, but you know, whatever they are doing right now, they don't have that dynamic element to their offense anymore. Yesterday Crazy. in the press conference, uh, Sean McDermott was asked if he felt that Josh Allen has been playing hesitant. Uh, he he said no. He says you're still seeing a, a bunch of plays where Josh Allen's being Josh Allen. But I think it's pretty clear to everybody else, like you've just laid out, that he is hesitant to take off in that run. It, it, whether it's whether it's they're beating it into his head, or maybe the shoulder bothers him enough, he doesn't want to take more hits. I don't know, but uh, the at least to McDermott's answer, he said he does not see that. Yeah, I mean, if he was talking about as a passer, he's certainly not hesitant as a passer. He's no. still taking chances, and and yeah, so that we we see that. But as a runner, that's when you when you think about what has changed from two years ago to now, one year ago to now, is that Josh just isn't running, taking off and running it as, as much. And there there has to be a better balance here, as opposed to. And it's not even though as though they're taking it out of the game completely and he's, he's not doing it whatsoever, but he's just not doing it as often. And I think there is a balance between doing it as often as you used to and being smart about it. Because we remember uh, the Jets game. He was absolutely crushed a n- number of times. The Raiders game. He tried to hurdle a safety at the goal line. And it's like, what are you doing, dude? Like, that, that's not exactly what, you're, what you want your franchise quarterback to be doing because now he's 27 years old and he's getting to that, to that point where, uh, where you want to manage those potential injuries. You know, he slid a couple times against the commanders, but maybe sliding, getting out of bounds, if they can really hammer that and be like, hey, just be, run, but just be smart because that, this is such an integral piece of what they're doing. But the whole, the whole underbelly of this entire thing is that Brandon Bean was in Carolina for years. He saw what happened to Cam Newton as they continued to pound him with, with, the, with the running game, as they continued to watch him scramble and take these hits, take these injuries. There was a cumulative effect there, and he was no longer the same quarterback. And Cam Newton was one of the most dynamic uh, and crazy talented quarterbacks in the league when he was in his prime, but that evaporated quickly. And even though no one has experience in Indianapolis, you can look at Andrew Luck in the same sort of situation. Same guy, you know, gets, gets down the field, runs, take these huge hits, cumulative effect, lots of injuries for him, ends up retiring because of injuries mostly and, and wanting to keep, keep his body <laughs> to the point where 
He doesn't have to be in pain for the rest of his life. So that's what they're trying to avoid here, but there has to be a better balance in terms of taking it away nearly completely and and utilizing it, but smartly. So in other words, we're in a transition, and he's still trying to figure it out, and it's probably, you know, we're, we're probably misguiding our anger at guys like Ken Dorsey and injuries and everything else to say that, you know, look, this is this is this is the thing that has to be fixed. When in reality, it's Josh trying to figure out how to strike that balance. That everybody who's calling the offense, right? Is that what I'm? Is well, that what you're trying to say? Well, 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 I don't necessarily want to pass the blame from from Ken Dorsey here right. either, because it's <laughs> it's inherently on him for to not be able to get things going over the last three games against two teams, two one win teams that have struggled defensively for much of the season and, and have been ravaged by injuries just like the Bills have uh, on defense. And that's, that's inexcusable to only come away with 10 points in their, in their first three first halves combined. And that's something that has to change. So I think this Thursday night is, you know, they, they had to have had hard conversations. They'll probably continue to have them throughout the week leading up to the Buccaneers game. But at some point you just have to kind of pull the reins off and be like, all right, let's see what happens. This Thursday night could be a bit of an inflection point for for this organization, and I don't know if they would actually make a change at offensive coordinator. It feels, you know, when you have these slow starts, if it happens once, you're like, okay, whatever, bad day. Second time, you're like, okay, this is kind of a bad warning sign, but you don't want to jump to conclusions because it's only two games. But the third time, it's a bit of a pattern, and then when you when you remember what happened with the New York Jets game, kind of the same deal. The Washington Commanders game, kind of the same deal, where they're slow going, and you get to and you get to the point where it's like, is this just who they are? And if that is who they are, it's not good enough, and something needs to change. And they do have, uh, if they were to consider moving on from Ken Dorsey at the middle point of the season, they do have a, a, a mostly qualified uh, play caller who has the reputation for creativity in Joe Brady, who's their quarterback's coach. He was the offense coordinator in Carolina. He was the offense coordinator for LSU when they had Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Um, and he was basically the scapegoat for Matt Rule in Carolina when, when things were, were going poorly and, and Matt Rule just needed some, something to, to get people off his back. Um, so that is at least an element to this. But there's also the, the sneaky factor of it's a Thursday night game so there's an extended amount of time before the next game, which gives, if they were to make a decision like that, it gives them that much more time to get whoever is the new offense coordinator acclimated. So that's why huge inflection point this Thursday night. If they come out, uh, if they come out, um, you know, hot, then push this conversation. But when you have games like the Bengals, the Jets, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Chiefs, Chargers, in six of your next seven games, it's no longer time to mess around. You need to figure things out and figure things out quickly. A uh, couple of uh, quick notes before we wrap up, and then we'll go to defense. Vaughn Miller, you point out in your review of the New England Patriots game that he didn't take a snap in the second half. Only six the whole game. Yep. What uh, What do you make of where Vaughn Miller is at this point? Yeah, uh, so I, I caught up with, with Vaughn after his, his uh, post-game scrum kind of kind of uh, uh kind of dissipated and he he didn't st- he said it wasn't a setback or anything like that uh he said it was mostly a game situation thing 
and they are utilizing him on pass rushing downs only. And he said there wasn't really an opportunity for him to get out there and that, you know, they were running the ball a ton. So that's why they didn't want to put him out there. But at the same point, Patriots were also kind of in passing mode at the end of the game. And Von Miller wasn't out there one time. So, you know, you can only, you can only take what, what, the, what the player says. Uh, and, it, and you have to wonder what may, if there's maybe a middle ground as to what is actually the case. But six snaps after taking 20 in his first game back, 27 in the second game back, and then only six, none in the, none in the second half against the Patriots. We'll see if that ramps up. Maybe it was a byproduct of the Thursday night game coming around the bend here and them wanting to keep him fresh with a, with a short amount of time in between games. Uh, that could be a thing. Uh, but no matter what, they did not have Von Miller whatsoever down the stretch of that game, and it was their choice. Yeah, and you would have thought, too, with a minute 58 left, they've got to drive down. I mean, you've got a fresh Von Miller. If that's the case, and you know they're going to be passing, so it seems like it would have been a good time to put them back in. Uh, you know, and, and this defense overall, do you, you know, we've got so many injuries now, especially up the middle. Do you, you know, there's... We, um, let me go back a second. So you started the season off this defense with a lot of takeaways, a lot of turnovers, putting the offense in some really good positions. Since all the injuries, we're not seeing that out of the defense nearly as much. And uh, I don't you think that also is an effect that maybe this offense was benefiting more from having a lot of short fields? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're, I mean the offense, I don't want to take, take it all away from the offense because I still think they have a lot of talent. And I do think they have pieces in particular as long as they utilize them well enough. And that that player, which they did on Sunday, that being Dalton Kincaid, I think as his role grows, I think it's going to open things up a little bit more for the offense. But, um, yeah, have, not having all of those pieces on defense, that, that hurts because even though when the Bills were at their, at their best in these regular seasons over the last few years, the defense still bowed them out a, a few of these games. And I don't know if that's going to be the case at, at any point for, through the rest of this season. Um, maybe Thursday night just because Tampa Bay is just kind of an okay team and Baker Mayfield is a flawed quarterback. But uh, well, that's that run of games that I'm talking about where, where you're going up against Joe Burrow, uh, you're going up against Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, um, and, and Dak Prescott. Like, you're, you're not going to be able to hide uh, the, way that, the way that you could. You're, you're going to need your offense to come out um, and have huge games pretty much every week here because there is such a struggle with the defense. Their running, their run defense, I think, is going to be an issue moving forward. We saw a brief, um, or not, not a brief, but we saw a full game example of what life is like without both Daquan Jones and Ed Oliver, and it's not pretty. Uh, and then the the Patriots were basically weaponizing Dorian Williams' aggressiveness against himself. And by going side to side and, and getting a bunch of yardage that way and and then, you know, pushing it up the middle with a running game. It was a very smart and simple game plan that worked effectively in, in the early stages of the game to the point where they had to bench Dorian Williams for Tyrell Dodson. And Tyrell Dodson is a liability in coverage. So then what do you do there? And then you've got some, uh, even though he forced the fumble down late stretch in the game, Jordan Poyer is just not the same player at this point in the year than as what he used to be. Um, and that, that is an issue specifically up the middle of this defense. And then you throw in the cornerback thing because, you know, you're allowing some more underneath throws than maybe, maybe you, 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 you were used to. So it's just all, there's a ton of pressure on the defensive end to be able to get to the quarterback in 
two and a half seconds or fewer. And if that doesn't happen, then there's not a lot of uh, teeth to this defense to the point where they can, you know, steal these games that, that we've been talking about that has happened over the last three years. So right. it's a, they need their offense to come back and come back big. Yep, and that was it, right? They had, a, they had to win shootouts. And so last question for you. You think Dorsey could pull this out? I think I, if, if I had to guess, I think they're going to have a strong offensive showing this weekend. Uh, or not this weekend, this Thursday night. Um, I think they hear what is being said. I think they they know that a big response is needed. And I think my my guess anyway is that it's going to be a bit of a motivating factor for them to come out uh, you know, very hot uh, against the Buccaneers and try and put this thing to bed. Because Josh Allen, Ken Dorsey is his guy. And when Brian Dable left, he wanted Ken Dorsey, and they wound up hiring Ken Dorsey as the offensive coordinator. So I tend to think that uh, we could see maybe not an explosion, but you know, a sound victory, a a, a strong statement at at the beginning of the game because it is sorely needed with with this team. So, uh, but if that doesn't happen, and the Bills wind up going four and four against another team that they should have beat. And things could get interesting on Friday and over the weekend. Got it. Joe Biscalia, check out everything that Joe's writing about at The Athletic, at theathletic.com. Joe, great job. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds great, guys. Thank you. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. So, Andrew, what are you thinking with this team? How you doing, by the way? Let's go back to the employee of the day. <laughs> it's rough, Jeez. huh? A couple songs you want to dedicate to the Sabres? Yeah. I went, to, I went to the game Thursday night. I could not believe how few people were in the stands. Oh, it's... oh the game against Calgary. Yeah. Oh, man. It was empty, though. It was pretty light. You know, I got to be honest. I, 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 When I'm coming in here, I was thinking, I really thought that, what are they, six games in now? That six games in, we would have been talking about a different team this year. What are we, two and four? Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, and it's going to get harder. Ottawa tonight. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, <laughs> you know, this is, the, this is the great thing about we don't even have time to talk about last night's game because this is, and this is kind of like what the mindset is in a locker room is like, this team is is in Ottawa right now. They traveled last night. They had to do the customs thing when they got there. They got in late. They're probably doing an optional practice today, probably a meeting at the hotel. Ottawa sucks to go to, by the way. Yeah. It's a terrible place to go. Why, because of the rink? Just or? where the location of the rink. Yeah. Uh, great city. No, no, uh, yeah. great city. But you don't stay out there. You stay at this this like uh, banquet resort kind of like 10 minutes away. It's really just – Kanata's not a – Kanata's not a place Kanata. you want to go. Um, so I'm just looking at their schedule, and then they have – who do they have after that? They have – I know Colorado's in there. I know it ends the next five games. We have, we have New Jersey and then yeah, Colorado. New, New Jersey. Okay, yeah. thanks. In New Jersey. So this schedule's not getting easier. And, and 
Yeah, the abs. And they're not playing well. They have a lot of guys that are not playing well. And I listen, I, I hear the, posi- the uh, positivity. I hear that, yeah, they're getting chances. And, you know, when they're not getting chances, that when you should be worried. I'm like, not six games in. All right. So- At six games in, these chances have to start going in. At six games in, well, you don't have time at the start of the year to be letting in late goals to cost you games, almost cost you two games. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right, tough, let me, tough let me right. step you back for a second. Yeah, all right, so one. let's take a look at the Islanders, for example. So we play them uh, in New York and lose, and then they come back here. We had a pretty good game against Very them. good game. Uh, you know, uh, Comrie looks, looked really good in net. He was in net last night. Uh, you know, one thing Don Granado talked about after the Islanders game was that he really liked was he was seeing a lot of guys in front of the net, in the crease, getting getting there, getting the bodies there. Uh, I don't think we saw that as much last night. No, no, you didn't. And I was trying to think about who scored who scored the uh, the goal last night where Tuck and Middlestad jumped Skinner. on the guy. No, I'm oh. talking about from Montreal. And they were right in front of the crease. And I'm just like, you just can't have this stuff happening. This is guy wide open in front of the net with two whacks at it. Then you have two players jump on him, one of which was late. Pick uh, which Brendan one Gallagher? Was yeah. That, yeah, the one he poked yeah, at yeah, the, yeah, the glove? Yeah, jammed. I mean, yeah. we're going to blame Comrie for that one? Right. Let's blame Comrie for that one. Because the guy got the jam at it while it's like in his pads when somebody should have been cross-checking him in the ribs. That's what drives me nuts about this team and how it's coached, really. I mean... You watch this team has so much speed that they get in and they they swing away. Like last night, they were down by a goal, and their star players seem to have a lot of them. Their star players just turn away from checks. I'm just like, what is going on here? Like, I'm not asking you to bury somebody through the boards, but my God, you know how it how easy it is for a defenseman standing in his own corner. With a puck on a line change, to to make a stretch pass when you don't when he knows that you're not going to come within four feet of him, huh? I mean, it's just it's it's insane, and I I have uh, I have like a uh, like a secret text group. <laughs> with, with a, How many with, guys are on? Uh, uh, there's 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 th- there's three other than myself, and um. And actually, uh, all hockey guys, all and it's not the one with Riv and Jr. and Geo and Van and those guys. It's it's a completely different group, and and they're all former Sabers. They're all former teammates, okay. and they watch from afar, like real real far. Okay, okay. and <laughs> just the text that came in today was one of them. One of them was a a, a teammate of mine my whole time here in Buffalo, and. He just said, thoughts on that game. And all I said was, you're the most vocal in the group. I said, so the fact that you're asking me for my thoughts on that game <laughs> is just simply the fact that that you don't want to just come down hard this this early in the season. And I, But I got to tell you what, um, you're two and four going into the toughest part of your first 10 games of the season. So you better wake up. And... I I like Don Granado. I do. I, he's always been cordial with me, been nice. We've had great conversations. I think he's a really good guy. I think he's a brilliant hockey man. I don't know how he is as a coach. I don't know how he is as a coach. We are yet to see in his entire time here any progression 
defensively. You, in fact, let the most defensively brilliant-minded maybe person in hockey walk out of your organization and go to the New York Rangers. Mike Pekka. I mean, how he's not on this coaching staff helping this group understand how to play against talented players is is beyond me. And we can praise all the signings and all the great contracts we signed, but that was a loss. That's a major loss. And unless there's some backdoor deal where it's like, go to the uh, Rangers for a couple of years and come back and replace Donnie and be the head coach, then I'm, I'm all on board for that. But the way this team plays and the personnel that you let leave versus keep to, to teach is... So I was at the Calgary game. And one of it was all about defense and that they just sort of hung the kid out to dry. And Eric Johnson afterwards tried to figure it out. And he's like, look, he goes, we got to get better trying to figure out defense. And right. Could, well, first of all, Johnny, that's what they call him in the locker room. Johnny. Okay. You know, it'd be Johnny. He's so new. Yeah. Is there EJ, we don't know. he's EJ or Johnny. I've okay. heard him refer to as EJ guys that played with him. Right. Uh, uh, Johnny, um, First of all, you knew that coming here, okay? There's no secret about this team when you signed your contract. Also, I think his job was supposed to teach some of that, right? Well, no, yeah. He's, I've actually liked him. Mm-hmm. He, of all the pieces that are out there, I mean, I, I enjoy watching him. I'm like, look at this guy. I'm watching like a for former aged first overall pick, Stanley Cup champion. He's been how playing he, since he was 18, You just right? see how poised he is out there. It's like, eh. But I don't mean eh, as in like I don't care. It's just mean like eh, it's just a cross ice pass on a guy's tape. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it right now. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's, it's things that young players don't quite have. So he's he's nice to watch from that that aspect of it. But, um, yeah, you, I mean, and the fact that he has to say it, being so new, it's like he just got here. This is stuff like he probably doesn't want to be the guy being so vocal, so new, the Stanley Cup champ, you know, first overall pick, you know, veteran in the league. Like the last thing that should be running after a four game, fourth game into the season, or what was it, fifth game, is Eric Johnson's comments about the team's defense. Like that's the last thing. Actually, it's not the last thing, but it's to me, it's unnecessary. Don't, but, you, don't you feel, though, that a couple of these guys is, to bring in some veteran presence? And uh, some leadership on that end is part of why they brought him here. I, I love that he's here. In fact, you know what? Maybe that's a great point. Maybe I retract my statement completely and say, you know what? Maybe that's his way of being vocal and speaking in the media and talking about the team. And no one really having the – no one, in, with the exception of Kevin Adams, in the organization can criticize what he's saying because I think he's the only, only other person that's won a Stanley Cup, mm. right? So um, – yeah, maybe you're right. Sorry, I, I you know what? I, I like that. Listen, I like being put in my place, man. <laughs> I don't know if you've learned that about me, but there's nothing I respect more than somebody putting me in my place, if it's warranted and done properly. And you have a very, very nice delivery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and usually that's not like, the way you what can a put subtle, your place. That's the most subtle F you uh, <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. But it's good. That's why you are who you are. So he's got he's got a lot to work on. Uh, but it, he can only do so much. And so what do you think Don Granato's doing? Why do you think they're playing that way? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to hold myself accountable here and correct myself. This is what Craig arg- argues with me with. this. We have this conversation all the time. And, and a lot of times it might seem like we're flip-flopping, but we're not because 
he he wants we want the same things. I I believe that if I believe Craig and I would have built at least a conference final team by now in the seven years we've been following this junk. So he 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 says, who's that fall on? Does that fall on Don Granado? Or does that fall on the general manager? And, and we say this on the show, so it's not like I'm I'm airing out, uh, you know, an off-air conversation. And then there's, there's no, it, it is a it is a a direct uh, question toward you know Kevin Adams as the general manager. But you can't you can't miss the team the the playoffs by one point. Watch everyone else around you: Detroit five and one, Ottawa, who Craig has already chalked this one up to a loss. But he said he wasn't worried about Montreal either. I was so. Who knows what happens? But you can't roll out with the same players. You can't. It, it, not even the same players. All the same style of players. So maybe it's not Don Granado's fault. Maybe my criticism to Don Granado is not fair because maybe he doesn't have the right players to actually do what he needs as a coach. And what I mean by that is... For clarification out there, I certainly want everyone to know that I don't mean fighters, but it would be nice to have some guys that could, <laughs> that could you know, a little throw, more toughness. Throw the throw the body. We'll start with the body, okay. And if they want to take the gloves off, we'll take the gloves off, okay. That's it. I we'll mean, start with the body. Krebs is only I will so big. start with the <laughs> freaking body check. Krebs is only so big, you know. <laughs> I wish I was playing against guys like Krebs eighty-two times a year, and those are the guys I have to worry about. Krebs. He's got the yeah. heart to hit. I love him. I love him. I love him. Bless his heart. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, see, that's the guy you when you throw the bless his heart to, you know? I mean, good on him, but it's not enough. It's not good enough. You're you're this team is flat energy wise. Um they barely snuck away from that Tampa win. Which was you know, a tough team. Gave up that goal. And here's the other thing. You know, we all want to, and I, I said this in the podcast after the whistle presented by setting up Buffalo Aurora's, you know. Thanks for saying that, by the way. <laughs> no, no, listen, but I said this yesterday. I said, you can't blame Comrie for the one goal. Like was I said, Craig, we there's something to be disappointed about in that game against the Islanders. And he's like, well, what is it? What, what, what could you possibly find? I said, lock it down for the goalie. Like, when you're on a when you're on a bench. And I heard this while sitting on many, many a bench. Um, you hear at a certain point in the game where it's like, guys, you know, let's play for what do they they call them? Comms, comms, comer. comms, comer, comer, whatever. Comsy. The brick. You know, his family <laughs> owns the brick, eh? Up in Canada, oh, I didn't like, know yeah, that. oh yeah, just absolutely disgustingly loaded. Um, and play for him. Play for play for the goalie, and then they let that. I know how it goes in. It was kind of a bad bounce, but but like don't allow that bad bounce. Like show that you're the the, the mature team, like the Boston Bruins of the of the you know the old New Jersey Devils or some of these new style teams that that shut it down and play and and don't try to get the fourth goal. Don't even like you know what I mean. Just play to not allow one, and they're just not there yet. So, and listen, it's easy for me to say, I need to always clarify this. Like, it's easy for me to say from the cheap seats, but I don't say this from experience of being the guy on the ice in the last minute of the game. I say this from the experience of 
actually feeling the tension of the coach right behind me because I was right in the middle of the bench and the players like feeling the stress of trying to 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 lock these games down and how they talk to each other and you know the 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 little the little things that go on you know in a locker room and in a game in these types of games right so or yeah in a locker room or on the bench you know in in these types of games so it it it, it I don't I just don't see from from some of the players that I I played with, and I'm not talking about skill style or or you know legend. I'm just talking about their approach to each and every shift, how they do certain things, what you'd see them do. Did you see Mathot last night block those three shots late in the game? That's what everybody screams for: block more shots. You know, my dad. My dad's on the phone with me this morning. He's like, "That was like old school Jay McKee type stuff." I was like, <laughs> "My dad bringing up Jay McKee," and I'm and I'm sitting here thinking, like, and I. It's funny because my, my son was was up still watching that moment of the game, and I was like, "Brody, you got to look at this guy." Like, and my kid doesn't even play hockey. I was like, "Look at this." You Tage Thompson got to do that on the bowling alley, Tage kid. <laughs> <laughs> Jump in front of that ball. You, you dive in front of that ball when, when that guy's going for the three hundred. But. Tage Thompson, one timer, boom, off the hand, loses his stick, another stick, boom, drops down, takes another one in the rib, takes one in the skate, loses his blade. I mean, that is it. That is absolutely. That was unbelievable. My to, question to watch. was: As you're going through all that, what would Lindy Ruff be saying during that? All of it, the Sabers especially, because when you're talking about this? when you're when you're talking about the tension on the bench, I just picture Lindy just going back and forth, going, "Come on, what are you doing?" Lindy was intense. I we, I just made a pact yesterday on the podcast that I'm going to try to bring up Lindy Ruff's name every show this year, <laughs> and I don't know if you just did that or if I open the show, you, open so. the show yeah. mentioning, hey, guess whose name came yeah. up on the show? Boom, Lindy Ruff, and that's my once. Boom. But he was so intense, and it. But it was it was it was almost. Um, I appreciate it now. I didn't appreciate it then because mm-hmm. because it was like I don't even know if I could go out and perform, but maybe that's why I'm not out there performing because those are the moments I wasn't built to be in. But but the way he man and I played for Randy Cunningworth too and in, in Roch and he used to you know if it if a if you're sitting on the bench and a chip didn't get out as as a winger and he would kind of like he would stomp his foot not hard not like aggressive just kind of like an ah and stomp his foot right and then and then it would happen again and he keep doing it throughout the game where you're just kind of like oh my god like that's a lot of foot stomps yeah shin splints he's mistakes (laughs) (laughs) mistakes you know and 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 then when you're on the ice and you make a play you hear the foot stomp, when you, uh-huh. you know. So it's like, like you're you're back checking. All you hear is, Ksh. but Lindy was intense. Lindy was, but Lindy held guys accountable. The guys would come off the bench, and Lindy, Lindy would, Lindy would sit players. I don't see that with Don Granado actually. I want to play for you. Uh, There's Cage. some guys that you could probably sit for a little bit. Some of your Center your message. big guys. I want to play real quick. Uh, Tage Thompson from last night. Uh, They're asking him how frustrated he is with uh, so many shots on goal last night and not enough of them going in. Yeah, it's frustrating, but I think as soon as you let frustration set in and negativity, then you're never going to get out of it. I think goals come in waves, and um, I think a lot of times it comes, like I said, in waves and gets streaky, and um, you just got to do the right right things every shift, and I thought tonight we, we did. And uh, obviously that's why that one hurts so much. 
Um, but we can't change anything. We got to play like that. It's two games we've strung together in a row now that I thought we took away the will of the other team and um, you know had them had them kind of defeated mentally. And obviously they get one in the third there, it gives them some life. But um, you know we we keep playing like that. That's that's a winning recipe. You're gonna win a lot of games playing like that. So Com stood on his head, made a lot of great saves, and Combs. Um, we just got to put it in the back of the net. Brick wall. So yeah. a lot of shots. They felt like uh, they were stringing some good stuff together until that goal went in. Uh, I, I kind I, I, I like what I'm hearing from him, but mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know that I'm buying that he's not frustrated. But again, we're gonna have Vanek on the pod today, and he said once he's like, you know, you map out your goals. I remember we talked about this. I came on, I was telling you guys, it was one of the most amazing things I'd ever heard because I, I. I'd map out my goals and be like, just try to try to get one, <laughs> right? He's like, well, here I'm gonna get I'm gonna get twenty five this way. He's already mapped out. He's got twenty five. Okay. I'm like, he's starting the season with twenty five. <laughs> I'm hoping to get in twenty five games. Okay, twenty five shots. Yeah, I'm hoping to play twenty five minutes this year in the NHL. Okay, so he's mapped out twenty five. Tage Thompson's mapped out probably 25, 30 goals. Okay, he could score four tonight. And then he's back to what? Then he has four goals in seven games. He said goals are streaky. I believe it. If a couple of the like that shot that Mathot block that went off his hand, imagine that. Imagine Mathot is like maybe a foot more to the middle of the ice, and that goes behind him and high blocker. Beautiful shot, right? Like yeah. where that's a Tage Thompson goal. He had another shot blocked. He has missed the net. Okay, so he's had a lot of shots on net, but how many times have we seen him come flying down the wing and just kind of pull the puck behind him and snap it and wrist it right into the far corner? And it just, yeah. it's that's def- what I saw Thursday night. It was it, pretty amazing. It's deflect, but they're taking away his time and space. I mean, yeah. it's Tage Thompson here. He's a bona fide superstar. The year he, and that's what happens. You focus on the superstar, you focus on the superstar, yeah. right? So, um, he has to, he has to figure out different ways. He's going to get his easy goals. He's going to get his easy goals. It sounds weird to say. I don't think we've gotten a goal from Tuck yet. No, uh, not playing very well. Skinner's got a couple. Skinner's, man, is he lethal down below that uh, the hash marks? Middlestad's been playing pretty good. Middlestad's awesome. Middlestad's awesome. I've never said that before. Yeah, he, he's he's playing pretty good. He's playing for a contract. I feel like that's a guy who was challenged in the offseason, probably wanted one of these long-term deals like his buddies, wants to be a piece to the puzzle. Two years ago, I was like, let Tage play it out. And Craig ripped on me. He's like, you can't. They signed him. We see how that worked. He'd be making $11 million if they let that happen. So uh, I think I think uh, Casey probably, I don't know anything, probably went, had his agent talk to Kevin Adams, or they, they spoke and presented a number, what kind of number he'd want. Probably wants a five, six-year deal. I don't know what the contract would be. Probably maybe wants an eight-year. Wants to be a part of that core? Sure. And he had a good season last year, so it's a perfect time to go and negotiate a long-term deal. But I think Kevin Adams wisely just said, play it out. If you deserve it, we'll sign you. And I believe he will. And I think he's looked really good. And I think he's working really hard, which I I, I, I have never been a Casey Middlestad fan, ever. I know, that's why. <laughs> ever. <laughs> We've heard um, And it's nothing personal to him. It, it's it's just, he's he to me, he was the other guy that we had that was similar to the other guys, you know, that you could use in a trade and get rid of. But I think he has, I think he's really come a long way. 
and and not it's not just this year. I think last year, but I still wasn't convinced last well, year. Had some I, injuries early last year, but hey, I, two quick hits for you. Sure. All right, uh, so I want to get your takes on uh, Zach Benson. What you've seen so far from him? Does he stay up? Do we give? No, him- he won't. I don't think he stays the whole year, but I think he'll get his so nine. He gets games. his nine. Okay. Yeah. What about uh, Devin Levi? Got the first four starts. We'll probably see UPL tonight on a back to back night with Comrie going the last two. But what do you think of uh, Levi so far? Um, I think it's. So it's not the last six games of an NHL season where the team's already out and there's nothing to nothing to risk, you know. I mean, I guess there was a little bit on the line last year, but it was kind of out of the Sabres' hands. This is a different story, and I, I think he's been introduced to the NHL. Uh, he's seen some good play in front of him and some bad play in front of yes, him. Yes, he has, and he's he was stellar in that Tampa Bay game. And again, had they helped him, they would have won that in regulation. You do um, have to help your goalie. <laughs> you know, you are two guys standing on the crease, and you got starting next year twenty two million bucks just spread out. Um, then you're you're in trouble. But he's he definitely has shown some some tremendous uh, uh, right. ability. Right, and plus, you have to expose him to this stuff, right? He's got to see some of this. You're just saying there's a lot on the line all of a sudden. There's a lot more on the line, yeah. The, the expectations for this team were ext- are extremely high, which is why right. you, you can't believe they're rolling with the <laughs> with the expectations on a kid out of college. Yeah, and surprising but, that they let him go four in a row. I, I thought we'd see more of a rotation. But. Like when you hear, well, like you close your eyes if you don't know sports and you think you hear a football team like this is their year to make the playoffs for the first time in a lot of years. What do you think they got? A what? They're going to win. No, they got a quarterback. Right, yeah, right. Oh, they got a quarterback. So when, when I hear goaltender. when you hear, oh, this team is ready to take the step to the next level, make the playoffs, this is their year after 12 years, you're thinking no, you're they got a goalie. Yeah. They got to have a goalie. Yeah, they got three. <laughs> they can't decide on one. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They do. Their goalie, their goalie is Eric Comrie. They just don't know it yet. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So looking at the podcast, last three episodes, don't panic, then too, too, too soon to criticize. No, no panicking. I'm in full blown panic mode. (laughs) Next episode is is panic and criticize. I am am in absolute panic mode after the whistle. Find it anywhere, and I got to just say thank you to our our sponsors. And they they're on your um, uh, broadcast to Seneca uh, title sponsors of the show. So we're pumped to be back with you guys this year. And nice. And um, hopefully, new merch. Yeah, I heard rumors. Of We're bringing you guys stuff. I heard we shut you- the store down, man. It's annoying as hell. Yeah. It was like <laughs> I, I, too much. I, no, it is like really. Yeah. It's not even plus returns. It, it's not even like um, uh, what you know. The great line is is juice isn't worth the squeeze or whatever. I mean, but it's just like, oh my god, I do not want to be. I do not want to be. F- Friggin' shelling out hoodies and stuff. I'm I'm out. I'm out of the hoodie okay, business. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I was in and out like a fiddler's elbow. Right. It was, it well, was now now we have to get one of the limited editions. I know. No, yeah, they, are, they are absolutely limited, and I got some for you guys. Okay. And Jim, Jim, just for the head, I know you're eBay? listening in there, Jim, because you changed up my headphones on the fly. The employee of the day, by yeah. the way, new employee of the day. He can have a hoodie too. Oh, uh, nice. No, no, no. He'll get a T-shirt. T- uh, one, of the, <laughs> one of the lowest selling T-shirts ever. Uh, After the Whistle podcast, Andrew Peters and Craig Ravey. Thank you very much, Andrew. All right, there you go. That's it for today's show. Thank you for listening. Back tomorrow at six. Where do you want to end? Thanks for the ride, man. I had the time of my life. Ooh, wait. <laughs> 
Afford Anything is a podcast that teaches you how to be smart with your money. As a small business, you don't have the resources to pay the level of overhead and for the level of services that a Fortune 500 company could afford. So I certainly understand why, if you want to offer benefits, the providers of that, that that fee is going to be higher because there's more account management per employee. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen.